you don't know who they are. They don't know you. And so this is all about perception. And so it's all about the like. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast. I'm so excited that you are here. We have a fabulous guest on for today's interview. Her name is Tracy Enos. Tracy is a best-selling author, speaker, and LinkedIn profile expert and has been on the LinkedIn advisory team for eight years. I'm going to find out what that means exactly <laughs> as we go through this interview. She is known globally for her LinkedIn knowledge and training with clients and her book, LinkedIn Publishing to Profits, is all about unlocking the countless opportunities for your business publishing on LinkedIn and is an international bestseller. LinkedIn is such a great tool for business growth. And I know our audience is going to love the tips and ideas you're going to share. So it is with great pleasure that I welcome you, Tracy, to the Unstoppable Woman podcast. Hi, good morning, Amira. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Okay, so let's dig in. If people are just starting out on LinkedIn, what's the most important thing for them to do first? Like maybe they have a profile, maybe they don't, but they're like just starting out. They haven't used this as a channel for their business yet. What should they do? To be honest with you, LinkedIn has a lot of bells and whistles to it and it can be overwhelming and people can get caught up in the moment. But I think what people should do in the very beginning is, yeah, you have a profile, but spend the time and really think about what your goal and your business objectives are for being on the platform, how you're going to use it, and then develop your profile in a way that it speaks to that goal or business objective. Primarily, who's who's the people that you're going to be contacting and building relationships with right on the platform right so you want to speak to them and then people forget that you know there's sections there that LinkedIn added for the human side of you so we got you know a lot of times this is the first touch with somebody you don't know who they are they don't know you and so this is all about perception and so it's all about the like you know, do I like you? Do I know you? Do I trust you? So the sections are there for a reason. I think a lot of folks, they just kind of fly through their profile setting up and then they forget about those sections like the organizations and the volunteer work, any honors and awards, certifications, projects, publications, things like that. And I think people just, you know, breeze through that and don't take the time to actually sit down and fill that out with thought. Okay, so let's just start right there. How long, because the, the women listening to this podcast, they're really driven, they're, they're going for more, they have big goals, they have big dreams, and they get caught up in time management, which I think personally is mind management. It's about clarity. It's about really making decisions about how you use your time. So can you give them a sense of this is going to take you 15 minutes, this is going to take you two hours? What do they need to allocate in terms of you know, if you want to do this right and really approach it with, you know, an, an eye for, for growth, like this is a, the, the foundational piece that's going to allow me to grow, how much time should they dedicate to that? Well, you really don't have to do it all in one sitting. I mean, I, I tell people, look, take it piece by piece. Like every year um, I go in and I review my profile 
and I update it every year, sometimes every six months, because as your business changes and your focus changes, so should your profile. Um, I go in and I spend two to three hours. But when you're first starting out, you know, we do what we call the foundation work. And that's the stuff that you do offline before you put stuff online. And actually, if you sit down and took the time to do that, you know, really defining who the prospect or the client or the referral partner or business partner is, you know, what's their demographics? Where do they hang out? What is their age group? What are their titles? What industry are they in? What kind of influencers? Who are they following? What kind of topics do they like to read about? What publications are they reading? Things like that. What are their desires? What are their fears? You know, and what are the pain points they definitely have? That's going to go a long way, not just on LinkedIn, but it's applicable to all of your marketing. And so once you have that down, then it makes the the process of developing your profile a whole lot quicker because we've already brainstormed the keywords. We've already researched our, our, our true, you know, prospect or referral partner. We know what our competition is doing. And so therefore it just takes a matter of a few hours because it's a lot easier for someone else to do it in their own business because they inherently are in their business day to day or for somebody like me who doesn't know you doesn't know your past, doesn't know your, you know, work experience, doesn't know anything about your company. And sometimes I don't even know anything about the industry. So I have to do research. Um, It takes us 15 to 20 hours, but you doing it on your own shouldn't even take nearly that long, maybe half that, but you don't have to do it all at once. I do recommend the, the few sections that you should start with right away are grabbing that background photo. A lot of people don't realize that that is prime real estate. Then you got a great, uh, great profile photo. And oftentimes the new thing is so that you stand out in the newsfeed and things like that is having color behind your profile photo. And a lot of times it's probably your branded color so that you stand out. And then a great headline. Absolutely. Because 99% of your activities on LinkedIn are tied to your personal profile. So your headline and your pretty face are going to be the things that people see first. So what makes a good headline? Let's just, I'm going to interrupt you right there. If that's so important, like everyone knows how to do a background and a photo, like, or they can find someone who can change background. I'm surprised how many people. (laughs) I'm counseling this young lady right now that's from another company, country in Europe. And she took her first stab at it and I commend her for it. But well, she wanted to do everything that she does in one background photo. I was like, yeah. whoa, that was way too much. <laughs> no, I, I really recommend that you either have someone on your team or hire a graphic designer. Right. It can be someone who's very polished and professional, or you can find someone for something that's just a good temporary thing on Fiverr or Upwork yes. or some, oh, some of these places. Fiverr. Fiverr. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, what makes so let's go headline? back. To, yeah. yeah. Let's go back to the headline. So I, I think believe me, I've been on the platform since 2009. I've been really active since 2011. And LinkedIn is what, 18, 19 years old. And I still see this, my title at XYZ company. And I'm like, if you don't care about that, we can see that in your work experience, right? We want to know how you benefit somebody, you know, even if you are working for a company, it should be still benefit driven based off your role within that company. But as the business owner, really need to identify, this is where the foundation work comes in. Who's that prospect? What do you do for them? And how do you do it? And even if you can get this in in the 220 characters, 
in what time frame can you do it? So, right. So this is all about messaging. This is all about yes. in that in that headline, you want to send a clear message about how you help and who, who you help, how you help, how you help and how quickly you can help them. Correct. Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. And if okay. you have any room left, then, you know, we add like little fun emojis or you can use like the pipe above your inner key on the keyboard to separate the thoughts out and, you know, add your title in there if that's important to you, like founder, owner, director of marketing, whatever it may be. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so now let's shift to after this like first steps, what are the best practices for LinkedIn? Like what are the do's and don'ts in terms of engagement and marketing and showing up? Like what's gonna get you in trouble and what will make LinkedIn love you and the people on LinkedIn love you as well? Okay, so LinkedIn has this thing called, a, called the social selling index score. And um, just Google it, you know, SSI score on LinkedIn, and then it'll deliver you to the link. So what that does is that there's four pillars and LinkedIn is tracking your activity. So from everything from your connection requests and how many people actually responding to those uh, people responding to your posts in the newsfeed, um, you engaging with other people's posts in the newsfeed. And then people, how many people are responding to your messages in the inbox on LinkedIn and the sales navigator inbox if you're a premium user. And so they take all those factors and they rank you from zero to 100. I've never seen 100. I've been as high as 94. But you got to, as long as you stay consistent, that score goes up. And I don't know how, um, how this, I mean, they say that it helps for organic search, but I don't really know how true <laughs> that is. But um, I, I see, like, especially with the newsfeed, I mean, that's actually completely separate from the SSI score. So, but as long as you're doing those daily activities, engaging with other people, getting in the inbox, developing relationships and posting content your SSI score will definitely go up and improve your, you know, being in the front page of search results for your keywords, for your, your products and your services. And so, those keywords are just on LinkedIn, like when someone's searching just on LinkedIn, or is that on a Google search or other internet browser search? That's just on LinkedIn. However, uh -huh. if you have uh, really good keywords in your profile, your profile might show up in a Google search especially for your name. So if you get all cutesy with your name, when you have that vanity URL, then LinkedIn, I mean, Google may not pick it up, but because LinkedIn's an authority site, and if somebody Googles you, like if somebody referred you, for example, and somebody wanted to go do their due diligence and, you know, Google you and check out your website, your social media and whatnot, more often than not, your LinkedIn profile is going to show up above even your website, your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, Trust me, it's the top of the page. So okay. So what I took away from that was you want to engage, you want to be um, responding to people, you want to have good keywords. Uh, what would what would get you in trouble with LinkedIn and lower your social uh, selling index, if you will? Going out and sending out mass requests and spamming people in their inbox before you've actually had a chance to get to know them. Okay. So, so, okay. So that's great. So best practice is connect with someone in a group in, in, in the newsfeed, the, you know, with them and then message them if there's a connection. 
Is that absolutely. correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And just like we're having a conversation right now, this is how your re, you know, replies and messages should be in the inbox. Because I mean, years ago, it used to be really formal as a matter of fact. <laughs> and yeah. today it's just because video is it. And, you know, you know, especially even with the pandemic, you know, it's just like sitting here and having a conversation with, you know, the buddy at the bar, <laughs> kind <Yeah>. of. <laughs> and so you want to get to know somebody. I mean, you don't ask somebody that you meet, you know, <clears throat> at a restaurant or at a bar immediately and ask them to marry you, right? You sit down and you say, hi, what's your name? You know, what do you do? Where do you live? You know, how long have you been doing it? And look, go look at their profile and ask them something about what's in their profile. People aren't dumb. They okay, know that you're on LinkedIn to ask them to do something, whether that's a conversation, buy my thing, do a demo, let's have a Zoom call, whatever yeah. it is. So how do you personally handle the folks who don't do that well? Because I get a ton, an enormous number of like, hey, I have this <laughs> thing that you want. Do you want to talk about it? Like just like very direct uh sales and and i'm all for sales right i'm not right. anti-sales whatsoever but i don't know who they are it's obvious that they're sending this to a thousand people it's not a it's not unique to me and not even necessarily something that i want so how do, do you ignore them do you write back how do you personally handle those um i'm sassy sometimes <laughs> so, sometimes i even see these in the connection message when that somebody sends a personal note with it and i i'll just send something back and go hey is this message working for you, <laughs> you know? so um i mean i'm never mean um if i think they're going to be a really great prospect either now or down the road i'll connect with them and then I'll start asking them questions like, you know, hey, here's a couple tips for you. If you don't mind, actually, I don't give them the tips. I ask permission if it's okay that I give yeah. them a couple tips. Um, I don't always assume. And so that's another thing that works really well is asking permission. Don't just give them something because if, if it's not a value to somebody, then they're just going to shut you out and maybe even disconnect from you at that point. Yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. And I think that that's a, that's a beautiful way of handling it. It's, it's, it's actually shifting the conversation right. to something that is more viable, at least for you. And, and maybe they have something that you, you need or want, but you won't Absolutely. know that until they engage in a true conversation with you. So yeah. do you think that's where most people go off track or is there another place that people go off track the most on LinkedIn? Like this idea of like trying to be expedient versus building relationships. Right. So I think a lot of people have the idea that you have to utilize everything LinkedIn to really make a good six or seven figures on LinkedIn. And trust me, you don't. I think what you need to do is develop a system that works for you. That's a consistent daily, weekly, monthly task list. And you follow that system till it's pretty much second nature and then start bringing in the other pieces. Content is important, but you don't need to go viral for content to be work or to work well for you. If you have a company, you have a company page, uh, get your employees active and sharing the content and the culture about the company because they actually have an employee advocacy portion to company pages now, which you used to have to have sales navigator and you had to pay to play and now it's free. 
So take advantage of that stuff. And, you know, because they have their own networks as well. And so if they're out there, you know, being your biggest cheerleader and advocating for the company because they work for you, their networks are going to start to see your information and they're going to get curious and they're going to follow the company page and they're going to, you know, whether it's, you know, you're posting jobs, people are going to go do their due diligence if they're looking for a job and they want to see what kind of employees are on LinkedIn. What are their profiles look like? What kind of content are they putting out? You know, what's the vibe of the company? Um, or maybe the company has a solution that they're looking, you know, to, to possibly, you know, use your products or services to, to uh, find a solution for a problem they have, but maybe you're not the only company that they're looking at. Yeah, right? no, that's good. That's good. So uh, you, you spoke about having a content strategy, which I know that that's a big piece of what you teach and advocate and, and um, re really help people with. How is, well, I'd love to hear sort of the overview of, of how you approach that, but how is it different posting content on LinkedIn versus other social media channels? And then part three of the question is you have a company page and you have a personal profile as well. Do you cross-populate the content or do you do different content on, in different places? So let's start, start with question one. Right. We'll break it down. What's the over, like, why have a content strategy for, for LinkedIn and what would that look like? Let's start with that. Well, it just allows um, people to get more eyeballs on your profile and your company page instead of you just doing direct outreach only. And so because the people that engage with your content, whether they like it, they comment or they share it, their network is getting notified in the newsfeed that they liked, commented, or shared it, allowing a possibility to get more eyeballs on your content and therefore potentially your profile as well. So that's what you want. So um, that's opportunities that you're missing if you don't push out some content. However, a lot of people get discouraged, including me. Um, I was going viral again last August. And then um, I had some stuff come up with family and I stopped posting and they dinged me for it. And now I'm at square one, <laughs> even though I'm considered a power user and LinkedIn favors a lot of stuff that I do, but the algorithm doesn't. Interesting. So, so this is a, this is a, no matter what, keep the consistency going. Yeah. I went degree, from yeah. like. 40,000, 30, 40,000, almost 50,000 views on posts to now I'm at zero. <laughs> so. Oh, that's, that's discouraging. I get that. I get that. So be consistent. And then uh, is there a different type of content that is better suited to LinkedIn than say Facebook or Instagram? Well, I mean, if you spent any time in the newsfeed, you're starting to see a lot more Instagrammy, TikToky, especially from the younger generation. And then of course, you know, all the people that are in that generation are loving that kind of content. Not everybody. There's a couple influencers out there that are, you know, my age that are killing it, but they've been doing it consistently for years. So LinkedIn's going to favor that content regardless. But, you know, I see the, you know, the warm and fuzzy, the, you know, the, the dog helping the duck cross the road kind of stuff. Um, but I'm also seeing some that's great content. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of selfie stuff, like especially beautiful women, no disrespect, but that doesn't, for me, 
Um, I, I understand the posts are, are motivational sometimes, but if you're just out there just to, for, you know, vanity, then I would rethink your content strategy, honestly. So the goal for your content is for one to be entertaining, then be educational. And then once you get that audience going, then go in and spend 10% of your post promoting whatever you have. So that could Got be, it. that could be a course that could be your webinar. That could be, you know, a live event that could be anything that you can think of because people are now they're watching and they're following you. So, so, so that's a great rubric. So 90% education, fun content, entertainment, 10, 10%. Yeah. yeah. Edut edutainment. Yeah. Edutainment. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and, and so, then 10% you can business. promote. That's a nice, that's a nice rubric. Okay, good. Right. Okay, good. So some of the content that LinkedIn likes right now, which could change at any moment is polls. I am seeing engagement with polls though, go down some because that's all that people were doing was poll after poll, after poll, after poll. And um, some of the polls were just, just to get, you know, they're gaming the algorithm, gaming the algorithm mm -hmm. is just to ask silly poll questions for people to vote on. That'll get thousands of views, but I'm gonna be honest with you, it's not sustaining. So we started using polls that we could go in and cause as the author of the poll, you can see who voted and how they voted, which gives you opportunity to go back in when the poll has closed to go follow up with those people if they're your ideal audience. Yeah, so, yeah. And it's free, all free. Yeah, so I love it. That's what I love about it. And then they like native video, which is less than 10 minutes. People don't have that attention span. So three minutes or less is, <laughs> is best. And it could be you just met, you could be at the gym, you could be taking a walk, you could just have a spur of the moment inspiration. People want to see real. They don't want to mm -hmm. see polished, mm -hmm. right? So some That's of a big best, one, huh? Some of the best stuff is just raw and real. Absolutely. And, you know, we don't like, as women, we don't like to do that. Like I, you know, for so many years on LinkedIn, I didn't have to put on makeup. I didn't have to be on camera. I didn't have to do my hair. <laughs> And to do any of that stuff. So now I'm like, oh, I gotta do yeah. all this just to get on camera. No, throw on a baseball cap, put on a little foundation and some mascara and you're good to go. Good to go for sure. So, I mean, I once did something called the commitment challenge where, you know, I'm, I'm very committed in my business. I, I set my, myself up. I keep my commitments. I keep my word. I'm, I'm really good around that. I had to learn how to do that but I'm really good around that. On the athletic side of things, the fitness side of things, it was more of a challenge. I had, you know, finished a marathon. I ran, walked a marathon. So you'd think that I'd be like all in, but like the moment I, I let that time period pass, I was, I fell off my running wagon. <laughs> and so I, I ended up doing this commitment challenge. This was two or three years ago where I invited people to join me pick a commitment for 30 days and do the thing for 30 days. And I ended up doing live videos that I did from my sweaty runs. Okay. And was like, no makeup. I don't have long arms, so I can't do good selfies. I like the, the camera angles were, were terrible. I, I was red from the running. It was, it was, you know, frizzy hair. Cause it was the middle of the summer, all of that. 
And I just got so much good feedback. It's, it's just supporting the point that you just made. I got right. so much good feedback and, and particularly this, this idea, cause I did have more polished uh, content that was going out as well, that the, the, that that combination was a really strong combination that you were willing to be vulnerable and open and yourself. Yeah. And look, there's also this polished side. Uh, you're not, you're not just a sweaty mess. You also have, have the ability to, to, to be, you know, more polished at the top of your game, all of that good stuff. So just to support that and underscore it for people, that was a really powerful, um, powerful experience for me on the receiving end, but also for my clients um, watching the videos. So more, you just humanized yourself is what you did, you know, mm -hmm. and people want to see that. And so, so often everybody, you know, what do they call it? Fake book. <laughs> <laughs> so, so often True. you're seeing, you know, um, maybe the embellished side of you <laughs> and not yeah, the or the, or the, Right. The one that got dressed in the morning and polished. And, you know, right. I, I have a strong stance for, you know, pulling myself together. And like, I love that. It makes me feel powerful. It makes me feel good and all that. So it is how I tend to show up. And I'm not like running down the street with my earrings on, right? Like <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing that. So, so, okay. So let's move on from that. How, but I think that the, my next question is a total segue from what we were just talking right. uh, about. And I think it, it, you, you sort of answered it, but maybe you have, any, you have something to elaborate on here, which is how important is it to share your personality on LinkedIn? My impression of LinkedIn from you know, years ago was this was the kind of more stuffy, you had a buttoned up suit and tie kind of place versus uh, sharing what you had for dinner, right? Or whatever. Right. Well, tell me a little bit I'm, about that. Yeah. Look at how I'm dressed right now. <laughs> I got a mm -hmm. Calvin Klein sweatshirt on. <laughs> yeah. Of course I was running late <laughs> to this too, but I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to wear. So, but you know, I, I really think it's important because look, there's a lot of competition out there in your industry and you, you're not going to resonate with everyone. Right. And so you want to build a tribe of people that resonate with you and your personality. Like, uh, I think I had a mentor of mine years and years ago, it was back in 2014. And he said, um, I want to have clients that I could go to the bar and have a beer with after work. Yeah. Um, and so, I, and I've approached my business in that sense. I choose people that want to work with me and that's okay. If I don't resonate with them, that's all right. Personalities don't always match <laughs> and that's okay. And I wouldn't want a client like that anyway, because it would be more headache than it would be anything else. And, um, you know, it would be draining. So, yeah. So don't be afraid to share your personality. It will filter no. out the people you don't, right. you don't work with. Well, okay, great. So tell us a little bit about what it means to be a LinkedIn advisor and, and how you came to be a LinkedIn advisor. Well, we had to apply for it. I, in fact, I had a colleague of mine here in Kansas city that we met on LinkedIn and he had shared with me about this new advisory program because the company he was working with at the time, he was the vice president of, they actually had a, a, somebody from LinkedIn corporate, they don't do this anymore, but LinkedIn corporate came into their office and did a presentation. And so that's how he found out about the LinkedIn advisory team. And so they were limiting it at, to like 1400 people and you had to apply. So I don't know how many applications there were, but I applied and I received 
that. And I'm still today on the advisory team and we get surveys sometimes a few times a month, sometimes just once a month. And our voices are helping shape LinkedIn and the products and the updates and, and things like that. So like, for example, Sales Navigator just revamped their whole dashboard and they added a bunch of things. And it was our voices that said, hey, look, you know, your the search queries sometimes bring up really you know, really crazy results. And, you know, a lot of people are having a difficult time with Boolean search. And a lot of people don't even know what that is. Um, and you kind of be a little techie. And even then, I mean, I've been using Boolean for years, but even then sometimes I'm not that great at it either. So they like created some additional filters so you can exclude now certain like titles or certain keywords and things like that, which you couldn't do before. So it's the advisory team um, not just the advisory team, but you know we are one of the ones that help, and we're worldwide that help shape uh, LinkedIn. That's great. I love that. Okay, before I ask my last few questions, tell us where we can find out more about you and how to connect with you. Obviously, LinkedIn would be a great place, but where else? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do have a free giveaway. We have a new digital course coming out pretty soon called the Ultimate. Uh, LinkedIn profile framework. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's very economical, but in the meantime, we're going to launch it in like the next 10 to 14 days. You can go to, and you have to put the V in front of it, the ultimate profile checklist.com. And then you'll get our free, it's updated 30 point profile checklist. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's, it's really not when you go through it. I mean, where it's very detailed. And um, we also get the book that's behind me, the LinkedIn Publishing to Profit. You'll also get a link to the PDF of that book. And the whole first chapter, it's a little out of date with the content stuff, and we're rewriting it second quarter. But the whole first chapter, much of it is still applicable on how to really uh, detail your profile. Okay, I love that. And as we heard at the beginning, your profile matters, right? It's how- the Profile like, matters. It, it's how- LinkedIn promotes you, right. you know, and, and, and really shares your stuff and then also how other people can see you. So I can see how that's a really important one. Okay. So I was looking at your LinkedIn profile and I saw that you had a terrible accident mm -hmm. in 2015 and that LinkedIn actually saved your life mm -hmm. and your career. So I want you to tell us about that, but I want to share with my listeners, why I'm so curious about this, because I teach through the lens of universal law. And one of the laws is the law of polarity. There are all, always two poles to a particular idea, situation, circumstance. And in this case, there's the pole of this could be the worst thing in your life or the best thing in your life. And you really were able to see the opportunity here rather than the the adversity and i'm always interested in stories about that because i think it's one of well i know it's one of the 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 keys to success in life so if you could share that story uh, i think our listeners would really love that sure so july 7th a tuesday morning i'm really specific right i know this at 5 30 in the morning I had a fight with a pot of hot boiling water and brown rice pasta. And why was I making pasta at 5.30 in the morning when everybody's still sleeping? 
um, I was making, uh, I was back in the gym again, um, I'm on and off in the gym all the time. And I was making, um, you know, my meals and prepping my meals for the rest of the week is what I was doing. And this was a new thing. I'd always eaten brown rice instead of the pasta. And I thought it would be a nice change of pace. And I overfilled the pot and I, I had a sink full of dishes and I put the colander on top of the dishes instead of removing the dishes and putting the colander in the sink. And I was about ready. I was in yoga pants and I was barefooted and I was about ready to burn my feet. So I didn't want to burn my feet. So I rushed from the stove to the sink and the tip or bottom tip of the pot hit the colander and it all came back at me. Every single mm. bit of it. Ouch. So, Ouch. Yeah. So that event landed me six days in the burn unit, third degree burns, uh, which they thought was just like a, a silver dollar size ended up being five to six inches long underneath my left arm, skin graft and five surgeries in nine months. But wow. I was a single mom and I had two little boys at home and well, not little one was a teenager, but um, two boys at home and I was working from home and had been for years and I didn't know what I was going to do. Look, I've got I'm all wrapped up. I was in a compression sleeve for nine months. I just didn't know how I was going to survive. And. I actually, what gave me uh, hope was in the hospital, I think it was second day in the hospital. I'm pretty doped up on morphine and who knows what else they were dripping in my IV. And uh, I got a phone call. Don't answer the phone when you're on morphine. <laughs> and I got a phone call and it was um, somebody I had met a few years before. We were connected on LinkedIn and he says, hey, um, our group would like you to come and coach our group about using LinkedIn. And I sold like a $3,000 coaching deal at all doped up on morphine. <laughs> so, so maybe it's okay to be all doped up on morphine yeah, and answer yeah. the phone. But yeah. see, it was the foundation. And we talked about foundation at the beginning of the podcast. And it was the foundation that I had built prior to the accident that kept my business afloat. And yeah. Uh, then LinkedIn had rolled out the publishing platform, which I had beta version, but I hadn't written an article yet because I hate writing, um, but I'm pretty decent at it. And so I wrote my first article the following October and it landed me like 1200 connection requests, like on almost 3000 likes. I had a, I mean, it, it just went bonkers. LinkedIn uh, featured it. This is when they had, uh, we called it Pulse. They don't have it anymore. Um, they featured it in the LinkedIn tips category and uh, my article actually got indexed by Google and it was above Richard Branson's article for productivity tips. I was blown away. Of course, you know, I took a screenshot of that. So, <laughs> so good for you. And uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. And it jump started the rest of my consulting career. And so yeah. I knew at that point that I was going to be okay. That's great. I love it. I love it. What an opportunity in a really quite uh, intense situation. So glad that I'm glad you made it through. Okay. Speaking of ma about making it through, my last question for you is what makes you an unstoppable woman? 
Um, I don't know how many of you out there are my age, but you've ever heard of the toy back in the, like, I think it was 60s, 70s called Weeble Wobbles. Mm -hmm. Weeble Wobbles don't fall down. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm a Weeble Wobble. I don't fall down. I'm tenacious and I always get back back up. For those of you who are a little bit younger, the 90s song from Chumbawamba, I get knocked down, I get up again. (laughs) So... (laughs) just to give you guys an analogy. So um, that's what makes me unstoppable. You know what? Um, We all have setbacks and you can't just sit there and dwindle on them. You just got to pick yourself back up and fail forward fast. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Tracy, for being with us today. Thank you for sharing your story and really giving some insights on how you can actually create an opportunity in the midst of something quite, you know, seriously uh, health injury wise, right? right. That, that something was going on there. And, and, and thank you for all the very specific tactical tips that you shared. I think that for people who are new to LinkedIn and really using it from, for a marketing and sales perspective, they'll, they'll will, they will have learned lots. In addition for, you know, I took a couple of notes while you were talking and okay. I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> that that's one for me. Okay. So I appreciate the, the level of detail that you, you shared with our audience. And um, I hope everyone goes and checks out your stuff. So thanks for being on the podcast. And Thank you for listening, loyal listeners. I so appreciate you and being in this community. Please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and all the unstoppable women in your world. And I will catch you in our next podcast. See you then. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for joining us and being part of the Unstoppable Woman movement. We have got a ton of free resources for scaling your business at theunstoppablewoman.com slash free stuff. And you can find that link in the description below. So go ahead and check those out. And we'd also love your help in getting our message out to more and more women. If you'd be willing to share this video with all the unstoppable women in your life, that would be fantastic. And while you're at it, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Reviews, likes, and comments are greatly appreciated. We go in and read them all. So thank you for those. And thanks for listening and be unstoppable.